Welcome back to another special episode of the Stub Club. Uh, I am Casey, as always, and uh, today we're going to be talking about a little movie. It's a little movie about sand that dropped this weekend. Uh, I am joined today by Ryan Zamolik. Ryan, what's up? Hey, hey. And the Tennessee native, uh, Colin Sape. Hello, it me. What'd you say? Huh? Anyway. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the latest installment from... Uh, what, what do we what do you call him? master craftsman filmmaker best in the game best in the, the game Denis Villeneuve shout out to lights for that one uh, Denis Villeneuve and um <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom, 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 follows uh, Paul Atreides a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding he must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. Um, so I want to I want to start by asking y'all a question this question because I I never really thought about it before. But do y'all have like a like a ritual or something you do before going to see a movie you're anticipating, or just I guess like do you for like for calling? I know you said you like rewatched one of Denise's movies. What was it exactly? I uh, rewatched 2049 the night before. So would you normally do that? Say a Noah movie came out, you'd watch, rewatch, you know, one of his movies. Like, what, do y'all have any like rituals or something you do to prepare, if, quote unquote? If it's a series, I'll rewatch it. Like I remember when The Matrix was coming yeah. out with Reloaded and Revolutions. Mm. I'd watch the first one, then the second one, and then the third one it came out. And same thing with the Harry Potters and Star Wars. Watch all over the like years. six of them for the seventh one. Yeah. Gosh. I had no life back then. Still don't. But, <laughs> still don't. So we yeah. still don't. But, uh, Colin, what about you? Do you do anything? Or? I mean, no, not really. I'm pretty much the same. Like, if it's a series, I'll normally rewatch. You know, I plan on rewatching the Matrix movies when the fourth Matrix comes out. Rewatch the Spider-Man. Spider-Man Now at Home. But, I mean, other than that, it's typically, no, I just rewatch 2049 because when the best and I wanted to watch it and I was excited for the next day. Right. I definitely catch myself just constantly thinking about the movie the closer you get to it. Right. Almost like a <laughs> like you I don't want to say you're getting married, but it's a bad analogy, but you get excited like it's just it's like just your kid in Christmas is coming. Yeah, you're, you're literally <laughs> you a kid in Christmas. Uh so so just tell me did y'all did you watch the trailer? I think I watched the, the trailer first trailer, the first trailer for Doom. Yeah, it popped up on my Facebook and I was like, "Holy shit." <laughs> Just because I remember being a kid and seeing the first one, like, I don't know, I was probably like 13 or something, it was on TV. Mm-hmm. It's like 80s cheesy graphics, whatever, but it was yeah. just a story. But then seeing this, it's like, wow, like, you can tell they actually put the thought of, like, the true story into it. Like, yeah. I don't know, just modern crap sucks. It's either remakes or it's just, like, flawed oh, yeah. political crap in it. And this, Prequels, like, sequels. Yeah, the trailer just looked like it was, like, just true to what the story was going for. Uh, in the preview, so I was like, I gotta see this. I mean, I definitely had some. I want to say reservation. I want to say reservations because I, I just totally trust and believe in Denis. Like, there's nothing yet that he hasn't made that hasn't um, tickled my fancy. But I guess my only um, my only reservation was really Timothy Chalamet. If I'm honest, who's that? He's the main dude. He's oh, Paul. dude, he was a beast. I, I I don't I don't want to say like in a mean way, but I I told Colin I half jokingly, but he's got a punchable face. Like I just don't like his 
face. Okay. And I guess it's just his demeanor, the way I see him. Because like every time you see a picture of him, he looks the same, right? Like John Travolta and all of his. He like his, his He doesn't like. He doesn't. And it's not that he's not a good actor. That's not what I'm saying at all. He just doesn't show a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But you're still dumb for thinking it. No, I'm not because you disagreed. I, I think you have hidden anger. <laughs> I think it's yeah, right. <laughs> um, but everything I've seen him in, which has only been what uh, what's that movie about the girls? Little Women? No, the other one. He was like a boy who smoked cigarettes or something. Grease? Lady Bird? Lady Bird. He was good in Lady Bird. I haven't seen like most of the movies he's in. Great and Call Me By Your Name. I haven't seen that. Um, Interstellar? Oh, that's right. See, I've, it's, was that he was in a, Interstellar? Yeah, he was. He was the son. He's oh. his son. Yeah, yeah, he was a punk ass in that one. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Dad's off trying to save the world. Yeah. He's like pouting about it. Yeah, I talked about it. Bye, Dad. Never see you again. Click. But other, but other than that, I mean, this this cast is stacked. Yeah, it stacked. is stacked. And you kind of said it off, Colin. You said um, that he just definitely likes to uh, work with, rework with actors. Put it that way. Mm. Um, and I'm sure Josh Brolin loves working with Denis. Who else has he worked with that's on this in this movie? Batista. Batista. That's right. I think those are the only two that are coming from previous movies of his, but even still, stacked cast. 100%. And I, I would say that none of the, uh, I don't know if y'all agree or disagree, but none of the roles that these actors, I mean, Oscar Isaac just came off of Star Wars like a year or two ago. Was it right. 2019, right? Or 2018? Yeah, I think it's twenty. For not to talk. I about to say, who really cares? But, yeah. but you don't feel, uh, you don't see them as that. Whereas, poor Tom Holland, you can only see Spider Man when you see the trailer for Uncharted. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you just, right. or you just see yeah. Tom Holland. Like, none of that is. You don't see when you see Duncan Idaho, which we'll talk about him later. Because, dang, uh, you don't see Aquaman, right? Uh, you don't see when you see Josh Brolin, you don't see um, Cable. Cable, sorry. <laughs> like, or uh, the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go way back. Um, and the, the, I guess for me, just leading up to this movie, I, I, I was excited, but at the same time, I was like, I mean, I'll probably be good. I just knew like the book is freaking thick; it's dense. I figured, I figured it would be hard to convey. I know this is, has a lot of. You know names. It's kind of. It's, I want to compare languages. it to Lord of the Rings. It's got a lot of names. It's got a lot of people. Yeah. It's got a lot of themes. It's got a lot of stuff going on. It would be a little complicated to put that on screen, just from the little I knew. But um, glad to say I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> very very wrong. Uh, so just quick non spoiler post theater thoughts. Walking out. What was your call? What was your just initial feelings and reaction to it? Uh, extremely satisfied. I mean. I, I saw the trailer and it's my favorite director stacked cast. I mean, I, I'm pretty excited. You know what I mean? I'm trying not to get too overhyped. I was worried I might be a little bit, but dude, I mean, it still managed to really just blow the expectations away. And I mean, you brought up Lord of the Rings just a few seconds ago talking about names. One of the things I said whenever I walked out of the theater is I, I said that it met Lord of the Rings 
in a sense of like in scale to me, mm. like storytelling wise, it, it felt like that kind of Lord of the Rings lore in a sense, but it, it, it met it in the sci-fi aspect with star Wars. And that's just, it was such a beautiful blend. Uh, it so well done, dude. I love it. Yeah. I mean, pretty much the same for me. I just, I was just kind of bitter that they didn't go ahead and do like the whole book into a movie mm. and just like have it pre-filmed basically mm. and be working on the edits and stuff to release the second part. Like next year. Yeah. Because oh, be I mean like yeah, Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, they shot most of it at once and then Peter Jackson drug it out like an asshole. <laughs> and like that's one of the reasons I like the Wachowskis with The Matrix was they filmed two and three together and they released mm. them like six months apart. Did so they I, really? Yeah, dude. I was really yeah. young when those came out, so I, I wasn't like... Uh, <laughs> I was like 19. <laughs> what year was that? I don't even know. It was like, 2003, I think. Oh, dude, I was like third grade. <laughs> no wonder. Shit, dude. Yeah. And um, so I was just pissed they didn't do it with this because like, I, I'm one of those people like, if I can't see what the ending is going to be, I get pissed. Like Attack on mm. Titans driving me insane right now. <laughs> and um, so like, I just don't get why they didn't do it. And I was reading about it last night online. Like... Uh, it was they called it Dune, but then Dennis put Dune Part One. Yeah. And like if they're gonna do like like they're waiting to see how's it gonna do, is it gonna be sequels? And it's like, how do you not see like through production this is gonna slam in the box office and just blow out expectations and just go ahead and like green light the rest of it? Um, but like they made a mention I read online that if they do a trilogy out of this, uh, part two will be the rest of the first book, and then uh Whatever the second book is will be the third movie if they continue forward. To their right. But there's so much franchise material in here. And it's like, I, I do like that they're not looking at it as a franchise at the moment. Like, let's just get the story out. Because when you franchise it, it's just like MCU's gone way out of control, in my opinion. Yes. Recycle, repeat constantly. It's like, that's not their goal. It's like, let's just tell the freaking story. So a lot of respect to everybody that went into this movie. It's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, Connie's still there? Okay, he, froze. he looks so happy on the screen. <laughs> he froze. But uh, I'll continue because it's my turn now to talk and call it's not that important. Um, no, I would definitely voice that same um, sentiment. Uh, I definitely had my uh, reservations about it, like I said before, but there's definitely... Well, I'm, I would I would say I'm glad I I, I did uh, reserve a little bit of that just because I I don't like Colin said I did want to suffer from like over hype or because it's Denis and he's one of my favorite directors. Um, I don't know I just I because it is like you said it's a big it's big in scale and you don't want to you don't want it to miss all the beats that it needs and um, like I mentioned also earlier there's a lot of information it's got to give you it's a lot of ground <laughs> no. A lot of sand it's got to cover. A lot of ground it's got to cover. <laughs> but I know that uh, just walking out, I, I was in. I mean, all of it was just impressive. And I and I don't want to say that prematurely. Colin kind of already said it, but um, it feels that it feels as far as like the beginning of like a world building thing. It feels yeah. like we're at the beginning of something that could be as great as like Lord of the Rings. Well, mentioning that, one of the I, I don't know who did the quote, but uh, just reading reviews because I'm going to buy the book now. It's been on my to-read list for years because a buddy recommended it to me, and I was just like, the way he got sucked into it, I was like, I'm not ready for that kind of commitment. Right. But um, one of the comparisons was like 
Tolkien's the best to get Lord of the Rings, and then the next series to get is Dune after that is what mm. one of the uh, I think it was Arthur Clarke. I can't remember who did the quote, but Arthur C. Clarke? I think what so. What did he do? He sounds so familiar. I don't know, man. Oh, I forget on. names left and right. That's a that's a big, big... Uh, that was a critic, you said? Because I'm pretty sure that's an author. I can't remember. No, that's like an no, author. No, it was an author. I'd have to look it up. It was on the Amazon reviews I was reading. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, he wrote the screenplay for Space Odyssey. Yep. Um, I think it was him then. Yeah. Yeah, that's that guy. That's that guy. That's that king. Oh, we almost um, got Colin back. Getting Colin back while I'm still circling around my thoughts. <clears throat> but also, yeah. And like I said, and you're right. I mean, they didn't market this as a part one. So when you saw that, you're like, oh, you're just. Because they said, said Dune and all the marketing. They didn't say yeah. Dune. They didn't call it Dune Part One. It's not called Dune Part One. Just sneaks it in the opening sneaks credits. Sneaks it in there, dude. I, in the theater, I saw it like really huge Dune Part One. I was like, well, I expected this to be broken up. Mm-hmm. And then watching it again last night, it's like on my TV, it's so small. <laughs> and I got a 40 inch. I was like, holy shit. I was like, how's that that hard to read right now? But I probably need glasses. Uh, but still worth seeing again. Oh, 100 awesome. Yeah, 100%. But man, yeah, I said, I, I'm. I've never cared for Dune. I've never read the book. Never got in the story. I tried watching 1984 uh, movie. And I turned it off, and I love David Lynch personally. I love Twin Peaks. I'm probably gonna try watching it again now that Denise version just gives me all that information so seamlessly, while also not dumbing down the movie in any sense. But I, uh, you're right. I mean, I, I get uh, Warner Brothers' hesitation, but they're also not the uh, smartest when it comes to. I feel like they just don't know how to handle their films. It's because they're too like they're like the Jerry Jones of the movie industry. They want to <laughs> run it their way, but they don't want to let the experts do it. <laughs> like all the shit they're doing with the Snyder universe. Yeah, like it's just going yeah. left, right, up, down. It's, it's like just... Jerry Jones running the Cowboys. Just back off. Let the pros do what they're doing. That's what they're paid. But to I do. mean, when you when you got one of the best in kind of calling, you got one of the best in the business tackling one of the the most you know the biggest next potential uh, franchise. Which at the end of the day, I don't really care if it's a franchise or not. I just want it to be good. Um, I mean, when they, like when they saw that at a previous screening, your private screening for the executives, like were they thinking? Oh, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I would go as a as a big studio. Yeah, I mean, it might not make all the money in the world because Blade Runner twenty forty nine didn't do great. I think it just shows they're out of touch with the common people. Yeah, but the, at the end of the day, it's all about money for them. Yeah, and um, the art is not that big of a deal. But I mean, look at the, what the last duel. Last duel was like a hundred million dollar budget and made four million dollars opening weekend, featuring Batman, Jason Bourne, and Kylo Ren. So I, I that reservation I get. But was it marketed at all? Because I only remember seeing previews when they was, popped up. On I Facebook. would say it was pretty poorly marketed. I don't know yeah. about Colin, but would you yeah, say I mean, that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty poorly. And marketed. at the end of the day, you know, the trailer's like a woman. A, a queen accusing someone of raping her. So, not the subject I'm sure some people wouldn't really be interested in going, I don't want to see a medieval piece about people fighting over whether or not the woman accusing the man of rape was true. But I'm not even sure if it's the topic that would just not get people interested. The movie just looks boring in general. And the trailer kind of gives the whole spiel. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's 
it's like, okay, why do I want to see this? Yeah. Well, that supports Casey's idea of don't watch the trailer. <laughs> right, as, yeah, out that, of the theater those, in the middle of the yeah, Batman. Those. But the thing is, I've heard it's a, I've heard it's a good movie. I've heard from numerous people it's a it's a decent movie. Really? Um, but well, I will say, what did you see? Halloween Kills? No, okay. I refuse to stop. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about. I'm it. not going to follow well, the gimmicks. All I was going to say is we don't we don't want to we don't want to harsh because making movies is hard. We could agree. Um, you know, if I, yeah, but um, let's just say seeing Halloween Kills last week, and then la- really, I would say last minute because Ryan texted me, he's like, "Hey, you want to see Dune Thursday night, nine thirty? Is like, my kid was due Monday, my wife's water could break any second, <laughs> but we scheduled an inducement on Thursday. like, screw it, let's go. My wife gave me the thumbs up. That's I mean, why I was kind of hesitant because I was like, I was committed to it. I was looking at tickets. Like, because it's all like select seating now. Yeah. I was like, there's still a lot of seats left. And I was like, I knew you would probably go in X Men. So I was like, I'm going to hit him up and see. And I was like, no, if the baby's coming, if your wife gets mad, like, but I'm about to have a baby and you want to go see a movie. I was like, hey, I'm not going to put him in that yes. spot. And I was like, fuck yes, it. I We're do. just going to see. Yes, I do. And the th- our theater had like maybe what, 10 other people? Oh, dude. It our was big, like big theater. Yes. Our big, big theater. Yeah. But it was, dude, it was 9 30 at. On a Thursday, so it's not. But it's opening night. Like I saw it nine thirty five in IMAX at my theater, and that shit was packed. Really? Wow! And the show, dude, the uh, the guy, like the attendee or whatever, the guy taking tickets, talked to us. Like we came up, there was an IMAX. There was one IMAX showing before ours, completely sold out, over two hundred seats. Our showing had a hundred and seventy something people in it. I want to say he said one hundred and seventy eight. So I, it seems like people are pretty on board with this. I, I think, you know, it's people are excited about the sci-fi cool aspect, but it's also just you're getting all them young whippersnappers involved <laughs> when you throw <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya yeah. in there. Well, granted, granted, you do live in Nashville, so you got oh, you went to the, what, the Opry? Yeah, I went to yeah, the Opry. We, we live in... So with, with we live in Texas, we live, we live, Texas. We live in like a small little town. Yeah, country, <laughs> so it's not surprising. It's that. nice and quiet. Although people are like, I don't want to see Dune. I want to go watch. I want to stay home and watch Mash reruns or something. So hang on. At your theater, did you get to choose your seat or was it wait in line and free for all? Choose seats. Choose seats. Choose your seats. See, I remember yeah. back in the day, like the excitement of midnight releases. Yeah, like, so we were talking about that. The was it Dark? You got to be the first one in line, yeah, dude. bro. Dude. I remember waiting yeah. in line for Star Wars, Dark Knight, Matrix. And, like you're all in line, you see people in like cosplay and stuff. Yeah. And like that was before cosplay was cool. So it's like, no, these are my people. These are the fun <laughs> people to hang out with. Right. And like you know, the Mad Dash to get the best seat. Like yeah. kids don't have that anymore, and no. it kind of sucks for them. Like the digital world kind of ruined it. I'd say in a sense, but also it's nice not having to stand there for hours. Yeah. Oh, now dude, that I'm an old man, yeah. it's like, yeah, no normal seat's going to be. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay, there we go. It's Good amazing. Point. I mean, I, I did the same thing with like Force Awakens, and I think I even did it with The Last Jedi, man. Like, I remember sitting outside of the theater hours ahead of time because yeah. I'm like, oh, this is opening night Star Wars, bro. It, it's going to be packed. And sure enough. But yeah, I, I, I love the fact that you get to pick your seats ahead of time now. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, so Dune. <laughs> Sandman. Um, before we get before we get into spoilers, um, yeah, I mean this this is it. This this is the this is the only movie uh, in the past. I'll I'll ask you this last question. Actually, I haven't felt uh, the buzz and the vibe and just the overall uh, excitement I have personally for a film 
you know, it's just lingering in the, when the once the film like lingers in the back of your mind for days after you see it or for however long, it doesn't matter. You get this, uh, there's just something about it that's special. And I haven't had this since Tenet. Um, so, I mean, do y'all had that for this or when's the last time you had that before this or? A hundred percent. I have it for this. I mean, I, I keep thinking about it. it uh, I'm definitely planning on rewatching it in the theater again. I'm going to rewatch it on HBO Max with as me well it's, next week. No, probably not. I don't really want to see it with you. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, man, uh, the last time I probably say I had something like this, like just where the movies, I was constantly thinking about it was probably Blade Runner 2049. But then again, that was like my favorite movie still is, but it's wow. like, uh, that may, maybe even like Avengers in game or something, but yeah, man, it's this movie is just so good and it feels so like fresh. You oh, know what I mean? Like it so just, it fresh. feels new and it, it's so nice. It, I don't know. I, I loved it. I'm not actually going to, I'm going I'm to hop off the podcast and go rewatch it. <laughs> nice. I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> no, for me, it like, I can't think of the last time a movie hit me this hard. Like just the interest of it, I would say. Yeah. Cause I, I don't want to be bold and say it was damn near a perfect movie, but it was close to me. Yeah. The music, just the way it was all put together. Like I wanted to rewatch it last night and it's been a while since I've seen a movie and wanted to rewatch it the next day. Yeah. 100%. And like, or go, or like buy the book or yes, I listened to an hour of the audio book yesterday at work. Get sucked into the universe. Yeah. yeah. Cause I had my kids last night and, um, I was driving with the soundtrack going, yeah. my daughter was yeah. like, what is this? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> like I was, she's like interested in it now. Cause I was Ooh. interested in it. Yeah. Like I showed them the video of the sandworm crawling out of the sand mm. and she was like, oh, can we watch it? <laughs> Cause like they're in Lord of the Rings and stuff now. I was like, we're, let me see see what happens later, and I'll let right, you know because, yeah. like, you know, the violence in it. But like, how dark does this get? Yeah, but man, it's just like, it, it's a deep movie, great story, and I mean, just like, uh, I don't know, like, it's been a while since I feel like I've seen a movie without like hidden crap in it of like modern times. Mm-hmm. Like this was just a freaking story about this world, and that's it. Yeah, and so it's like I think that's what hit me the most of like you know. It's been a while since we've had true movie entertainment like this. 100%. And I was like, you know, this is what like we need to get back to. Like straight to the story, don't hide crap. It's about the story itself and just like I just can't speak enough about it. Like I've been reading about crap online and I want to wait till the second movie came out before I got the book and I got spoiled enough to where I'm like, yeah, the book's on my next to read list after I'm done with uh the Tolkien book I'm reading right now. I so, too, dude. ready for it. I no, no, you're right. Um there is definitely uh, is you're right. It's just, it's just exciting, and that's the best part. Um, and Colin kind of we talked about this yesterday, talking about what awards could it win? You know, what could it be nominated for? You all know, of them. all of it, all of it. But at the end of the day, I was telling Colin, I was like personally, like the Oscars yeah. is just like not what yeah. it really is anymore. It's just kind of like just a it's a social justice uh, or can who can, who can entertain the most, or you know what jokes can you make, or what. No, it's about diversity. <laughs> what bits can what you? What win. bits can you do? My favorite Oscar was whenever the three billboard three billboards came out in the Harvey Weinstein thing, and the billboards outside of like Hollywood said like uh, name names on stage or shut the hell up. Oh, nice. I don't know if you ever saw that, but those are probably like or yeah, are you all new and didn't do anything about it? But that's true. 
It is true. It's, it's just like a cesspool. Of crap. But uh, at the end of the day, like I don't care what awards this get. Like this movie deserves more than awards. Is like a part two. Yeah. Like it. It, it needs it. It. I think it warrants it. And if the knee is here's a, here's a question: Is the, if the knee isn't at the helm, who who do you? See? Oh, he is at he is at the helm. Bro. You think he'll you think he'll stick around? This is his baby now. Yeah, because I mean, he said before this yeah. movie even came out, he pitched it. to warner brothers with two movies like That's true. it, it yeah, was yeah. never a, a one movie deal it was always going to be two movies for him and i mean I, I think this movie would have to bomb this weekend in right. order for there not to be sequel uh i find it extremely unlikely regardless that there won't be or else they probably wouldn't have put dune part one at the very beginning of the movie you know what i mean right. it, it's kind of it yeah, I highly doubt we don't see a part two. It does suck that we'll probably have to wait till 2023 or 2024 for it, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, So let's talk about Dune. <laughs> so this definitely has... This is definitely like a inspired... It's what inspired, I think, George Lucas, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the intergalactic empire. You got the... The son of of well, granted, this is son of a like a royal family or hierarchy family, but um, like I said before, like Timothy Chalamet had my I was really reserved about him, but man, he uh, I think he does not only just a good job, but even in the book when I started reading the book, he talks about how Paul is like tiny and skinny and frail, and he hasn't really hit his right. growth spurt, but. I think he, I think he's I don't know who else really you would cast for this role. Tom Holland. <laughs> that would've been horrible. <laughs> Denis not Denis would never do that to himself. Listen, dude, I'm I'm just saying I think Denis could work with any actor and get something great out of him. Uh, yeah, not the king of twinks, Holland. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, he just gives Jason up Momoa. <laughs> I thought Jason Momoa was very much a dude, bro. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of in all of his movies, he kind of seems to be that way. In this movie, man, Jason Momoa blew me away. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yo, this dude can act." Yeah, it's, it, I think it says a lot to not only what he's capable of, but it also says a lot to what Denis is capable of, and like the things he can do to bring out those performances and actors. But who who would you say was, um, or for her for both y'all, who would you say stood out the most as far as a Act, acting wise, who who maybe impressed you the most? Jason Momoa, hundred percent. Really? What is it? Yeah. Is it just that uh, he came across more as like a big brother type? No, it was just more of his performance in the sense of I didn't know he could do that. You know what I mean? It was it was unexpected. Whenever I see him and like the emotion he has on his face, are, are we talking spoilers right yeah, now? Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, okay, <laughs> dude. At the in his final moments, man, when he had he's standing there and he like turns around and him. And Paul lock eyes and he puts the blade to his head. I was you can like feel the emotion in his face. You can see it like he it just the pain and kind of like I got to do this type deal. And he turns around and apes the shit oh, out of those man. guys. But like it, in his little uh, monologue, I guess the first time he uh, him and Paul are talking, he's talking about you know dreams make great stories, but you know and when we wake up is when real life happens or whatever. Everything, everything happens when you're awake. Yeah. Everything happens when you're awake. It's just kind of, it, it's like, that's it. 
his delivery of that stuff. And I mean, he's had glimpses of it to me before, like uh, in Aquaman, whenever he's given his big monologue before he gets the Trident, you know, and there's kind of like little, little sprinkles of like, oh, maybe he could be a good actor in this. It was just kind of like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Everyone else I expect great performances out of because I've seen him do great performances before. But this was really, I think, Jason Momoa is like, that was your that was your thing, man. That was your moment. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, going off of that, like one thing I noticed about him was uh you know, when he's horsing around, like as he lands that uh jet, whatever you want to call it, the aircraft in the beginning, like he seems like just this like, you know, super ego guy in the flying the ships and the stuff. The cool pilot. Yeah. And then <laughs> right. like his voice even changed whenever he's showing them all the tools he got from the desert people. And, like, his voice sounds more deep and raspy. Like, maybe it's been, like, breathing sand or something. And, like, his right. whole demeanor has changed, I noticed, when I rewatched it last night. Like, it's, and like, they're laughing at him. Oh, you've got native. But it's, like, you see, like, even in his character that he's playing, there's, like, a huge respect and excitement he has for these people. And, like, mm. I, I was really impressed that that was drawn out in the character in the movie. Really? Yeah. Um, I would say the actor probably stood out for me the most. Um, like, the mother was really awesome. Yeah. She, like, oh, my God. She had some really Rebecca cool Ferguson. scenes. But maybe because I hate him and I have low expectations. Uh, whatever Poe's name, because I hated Star Wars. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. It, to me, like, in Star Wars, he was, like, just trying to be too much of a Han Solo Jr. instead of his own character. But mm. I felt like that... Um, the leader that he was in this movie, like he really was in that part, dude. Like you could yeah. see conflict in him of like the emperor setting us up for this political mess. And he's trying to explain it to his son. And then it's like happening. Yeah. He's like, shit, I did not expect it to happen this soon. Yeah. And he's like worried about everything and trying to find that balance. But he also had like the, the high mindset, like the emperor wants them to fail because he's afraid of what he's done. But you see like the way he tries to make that alliance with the natives there that, He's he's a hell of a leader, and he knows how to get ahead of the game to where like they literally had to set him up to fail to beat his ass. Yeah, and it was just like like his performance I thought was great in that. Like that impressed me the most. But like I said, maybe it's because I have low expectations for Poe. Oscar Isaac can act, dude. And yeah, I do want to watch X Machina. Uh, not not to make this like a. I'm just gonna say because I thought it thought it, and I think it's true. Oscar Isaac um, is not white, right? Correct, he, but he in the Star Wars films, he looks a little more white than like his skin tone in this movie. Like what how he naturally looks. Am I do you, is that do you am I wrong? Do you think he looks a little more like they put like a little bit of like more powdered makeup on his face? Like he doesn't look like his like that nice caramel skin tone he does in this movie. Like he naturally looks in real life. Am I crazy? No. I mean, I really wasn't looking for it. I don't know. It's just something I thought because it was just. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm crazy. Okay, didn't I'm. Pick up, I'm didn't pick up on Grant, that. This yeah. was just late at night, so I didn't know if. Anyway, I don't think about dudes late at night like you. I don't either, dude. So <laughs> no. I mean, his skin is beautiful. So what can I say? That's what I was, that's what I was trying to get to. Really, um, he had a nice beard in the movie. Oh, I'll give you that. What a beard! I was just, going, man. <laughs> what am I doing with my beard? Yep. Shaving it all the time. I got dry skin. I do. My name's Casey. Oh, shut up. Uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, Jason and Oscar. Um, but man, I also really like Josh Brolin. Man, he he had such a small part. He, I was kind of surprised. He did. He did. Um, we also don't. He didn't die. So it's just. Like, I don't. I don't, oh. I don't assume he didn't die because he did, they never show him. Hey, bro, you didn't see a body. He if you don't see a body in a movie, they're he just kind of ran dead. off with his, his buddies going going eight. But even him, there's just something when you get all these actors who are very good with nuance and just the little mm. things that add up. 
I, I was just blown away by by all of it. I don't think there's one person that was like a weak link at all. I would say Zendaya like is hardly in this movie at all, and she's in like yeah. all the marketing. I was fixing to say she uh she even like I remember seeing an interview or something of her saying like she had a small part, but she had a small small part, dude, like barely any. Like I imagine she just probably spent like a week or two on set just filming like these like dreamy scenes on the sand. Mm. That's pretty much all of her scenes. Yeah, but with the marketing, well, it's kind of like in the movie. He has all these visions of her. Yeah, <laughs> and he gets interested, throughout. and then now like yeah. that's what can draw people to the movie. And be like, yeah. oh, there's barely anything there. What the hell? Yeah. I think uh, Denise said, because, you know, that once people kind of found out she was going to have a smaller part, I'm pretty sure, like he, he was saying that the second movie, she's practically the lead character. Oh, I believe Like it. with her and Paul. Oh, yeah. Like, like she, she's she's up there. So that's pretty exciting, honestly. Cause she's great, man. She's awesome in Euphoria. She's a great actress. So do y'all think, because Paul is having these visions all the way throughout the film, and he is the... Uh, I don't remember the name of the witches, where his mom is from, you know, where she trained and stuff. But the Beskaret or whatever. He's the chosen. He's yeah. the chosen. But they were, she was, they usually design all the women to have women. Right. Not to have men or boys. but Because she, the boy is like supposed, like, like when the boy comes along that has that gift, he's like, he's going to be the one. Right. You know what I mean? Like like the Messiah. Right. The hero sense. complex. Yeah. Um, yep. Right. But do y'all think because he had that vision early on of her stabbing him and killing him? Do you think that's going to come to fruition at all? Well, I don't know, man, because I kind of started to wonder about his visions. I did too. If they're how accurate they really are, because I mean, you have the scene later on where I'm blanking on the character's name, where he has to duel that guy to the death. Right? Mm -hmm. He had a vision of him. Of, of that guy telling him, I'm going to teach you the ways of the desert. That's true, yeah. And then he, he kills the guy at the very end. It's like, so is that never going to happen? It's Or did he stab him in a spot where, you know, we get into the second movie and all of a sudden the dude's chilling. Well, they had him in a body bag. Yeah, they had him in a straight body Exactly. Bag. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, what? So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so I don't really know how accurate his visions are. I would assume that Zendaya... Doesn't stab him. His name is the character know. name is Jamis. J A M I S. And the actor name is Bob's Olu Sak Mokun. I'm so sorry. Right. Great, great, uh, great yeah. work though. I mean, again, oh, he was awesome. dude, th there was not a bad actor nope. in this movie. Nope. Like, like, get no mistake. There's not even like a mediocre performance in this movie. Everyone is popping off the entire time, and it's in. I think that's part of what makes the movie insane. Because you're like. Everyone's doing great acting. Yeah. The the cinematography, Greg Fraser just is insane. Not, Denis it's like, it's has like, not it's like looking missed. At a, like there is there is shots of usually they're like wide and high up. You see like a hmm. you're seeing the scale like ships and people and like right. mountains and there there's shots that are just beautiful to look at and they probably last like four or five seconds because they're like more establishing shots. Enough to right. get it in your system and digest it. Yeah, to go go to the store. We're here now. Now we're going into yeah. closer up. But it's just like that. And that was the beautiful score too, man. The score really enhances it too, because oh, like all Jesus, that stuff yeah. where they're like flying through the city, like the Harkonnens and stuff, like flying through the ships, and you hear that. <sighs> you know, oh, yeah. it just it it all just draws you in, man. It's you can tell everyone that was involved loved what they were doing so much because it shows in the end product it's just 
I think I like I like, the, I I like Han's <laughs> work in this a lot because it's a li- it's definitely different from what he's done, but it, mm-hmm. it also has that Han's you know the you know he's the womp guy, wow. right. you know Inception ever since then, all that stuff. Hey, bro, if it works, it works. You know, you know it works, I mean? but he's he's also he's always able to use like the core of what makes Han's Han's, but also like this sounds very tribal, very earthy. Yeah. But it also kind of wild also, in a way. Like what? Wild in a way. Wild, like, but it, it yeah. also sounds like futuristic. Yeah, because he had some like techno drums going at one techno point. Drum. Oh, and the then all of a sudden it's like really deep drums later on when they're on the desert. Yeah. It's like, oh, Dude, damn. I love the way he utilizes his drums. And if you've ever seen like the BTS of when he did Man of Steel, like mm. the theme song for Man of Steel, he literally has like 20, 30 drummers doing the same yeah. exact thing, but it just it just adds more. It, it comes down to like red ten drummers, Hans. I need more, <laughs> more drummer. But it, there was a there was a couple times in the movie. There's a drum cue that I love, where it's like the drums almost stutter and they go. Doo, 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 I know what you're talking it about. It does yeah. that a couple times, dude. And I, every time it happened, I was like, I fucking love that. It draws dude. your attention it's, to the scene. It really does, because like I, I think it was pretty much whenever. Like there was about to be like a fight scene or like something was about to pop off. It was just like, like the Harkonnens were showing up and shit. I was like, oh my God, dude, this is, it's, it's everything is just so good. Uh, and I, Best picture, Dune, <laughs> it wins. I'm calling it. Like, it should like, win. Was, was, I, it should. was I bummed that Hans was too busy with No Time to Die and he couldn't do Tenet with Nolan? Sure. Or was he too busy with this? I don't remember. He was, was, he was too busy with Tenet to do this. Hans was, or no, he was too busy with Dune to do Tenet. Right. I'm yeah. sorry, but even that trade-off, like Ludwig working with Nolan, like what is Tenet without Ludwig, right? And what is Dune without Hans? Like it's not the same, but them, them, even it getting switched up and Denis and Hans marrying the because Denis is so good with tension. Yes, oh, he is. great. My dog is barking. Denis is so good with tension, and I've never been more captivated by him since watching like Prisoners. And mm. Sicario, especially Sicario, Mike, my, my God, there's not a film like that. There has, I don't, Sicario still has maybe one of the tense, most tense scenes I've ever seen. That highway scene is one of the most intense just the dr- scenes the, in a movie. The dreariness, just, like it is. Oh my God. But so like Denis, the way he's able to craft and build tension, um, and, and in this, and in a sense, like we're talking about building it in a blockbuster like type film, mm. like I, I think that's very, very challenging. I would, Im- I'm sorry, I would imagine it's very, very challenging. I don't know, what I, I don't know what it's like because I'm an idiot. But him married <laughs> with Hans and them, it, 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 it is. I don't think it could have worked any better. That's what I'm trying to get at. But. Right. My God. <laughs> yeah. So good. There, dude. There's no one you could swap out in this movie from production <sighs> to actors to directing. It's like the music. It's just like the yeah. perfect recipe for what this movie became. Um, I, I would hate for... to do it because like the pressure. Oh, because like yeah, George Lucas, man. I grew up like hearing him just getting bastardized for everything he did with the tr- prequel trilogy. Yeah, and that's like now, especially with the modern age of social media, it's like to me, no matter, I wouldn't want to take something like Ben Affleck cracked during the Batman. It's like yeah. I'm out, guys. I'm not doing this because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could handle man. the pressure. And like, it's really awesome that they put this together, and it seems true to what the fans would want true to storytelling in general of what a movie should be. And it's like, I think they got balls and they pulled this off. Just awesome. 100%. I, I would also say that what makes it so good is like, this is the beginning of a story. Like we're not doing like a, mm. a prequel sequel. It's nothing like that. It's not worried about yeah. 
past sins or whatever. I mean, it's just straight off from scratch world building. And I think the world building and the scope of everything. Like I said, I don't want to make a too premature of a statement because I think to like really get like the grips of a film for me, I don't know about y'all, but I think it takes a little bit of time and marinating on like uh, who you are. And just to, to let the film breathe for, you know, weeks and months and years to really feel like its impact and its grasp. But I feel like this is definitely like on the verge and it's definitely has the potential to be on the level of epicness that Peter Jackson did with Lord of the Rings or George Lucas. Oh, well, hundred, yeah, dude. A hundred percent. It definitely had that vibe walking out. It's got goosebumps, man. Ah, yeah, dude. Well, it, one, it's one of the things that intimidated me about reading the book was like how big the world was yes. in the story. Yes. And the way they portrayed it in this, it's digestible. Here's what's going right. on. Here's all that you need to know. And go with the story. And even then, it still feels huge. Yes, man. there's so much we it's, don't know. Haven't right. explored. But you want to explore it now. Ah, that's what makes it Dude. such an awesome movie. The stuff with uh, the sandworms in this movie. If that doesn't get them a VFX award. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bro, when when they're on the sand and then the sand starts to like, it's like shaking. Oh my god! And like they start to sink in. It's so good, dude. The the effects were fantastic. There's not, there's only, and I'm not, I'm not harping on this film at all. Like, but there's only like one shot, and it's really early on, and it's a simulation of water, where like the ship like lands, I think, or is coming out. I think it's landing coming out of the water. I think it's coming out or landing. But there's a simulation of just water that looked a little wonky. It doesn't even matter because it was so like small and insignificant because I don't know what it is with like Denis or really I guess like spaceships and mountains like when you get spaceships with like mountains and like a great beautiful landscape it's so cool <laughs> to look at right like I don't I don't know about what it is about that but um uh, yeah I, <laughs> just blew your mind it's all of it I mean the, the designing of the ships I will say I, I did one of the first things I thought of when I saw those um, dragonfly ships, like how mm. terrifying those blades must be, because you know we're, right. we're so used to helicopters just going in a circle, yeah. like those are like fluttering up and down with such tremendous. You just imagine getting just like whacked, bam, right. right in the face. Oh man, I just Indiana Jones where the dude's circling the little oh, plane gets chopped up. Oh gosh, terrifying. But all of it, like like you said, the the. This, but, the world building, the, the, I would even like the set design to the yeah, ships, the interiors. Even those, that vehicle you're describing, it felt like being in like an old school helicopter to me or yeah. something like that. And it didn't look like nah. cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't look like cheesy sci-fi, like how they just put a bunch of blinking lights and buttons and you just see them yeah. point at random things. It looked like in this with that design for the movie, we're going to have these gadgets here and we're going to have these buttons here. And it looks like there's an actual purpose for what these mechanics they built are. A full, well, they built a full scale one, right? Was that a picture that was on Twitter yesterday? That we shared in the group chat. It was like a full scale like of this of this ship. I'll try to find it. Either way, it was like to me it was perfect the way it sat. Right. Yeah, it was it was great, man. And I and I, I really hope this movie is successful. Like you know what I mean? Like financially, because it, it's I know we're gonna get the part two, so I guess that's really all that matters, but it, it just I want the D to really have a win after twenty forty nine. Because I mean that was pre-pandemic and 
it was still did not do well at the box office because like no one went to go see it. Right. I think but, after maybe this opening weekend, I don't want to because like right now Box Office Mojo says it's like 129 million internationally. Um, that's not yeah, including the, U.S. and that's not including China. Screw China. <laughs> yes, but oh, true. now you're blocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's two and a half hours, and there's not like a moment of slow or of a dragginess. Yeah, I mean all of it. Oh, and I, and hey. it's it's smart that they did half the book because I can't imagine trying to shove more into this. Well, I told right. you because like, the more you shove in, the more you have to take out, and it, it's. Then he know what he's. knew what he's doing. He's like, this should probably be. He's two. great at pacing, man. And the studio would go, yeah. oh, why not three? And we'll make more money, right? And he goes, mm, no, it's not gonna. You know, store for the story, it needs two. For your money, uh-huh. you might think three, but for the story's sake, because that's what comes first, you need two. But this is an example of like, if you do it right with the story, the money will come just because the way you attract people to what real stories should be. Yeah. And I have pulled up right here just a, a quick little Google search. Dune is seeing a 17.5 million opening day. It's best for Warner Brothers HBO Max day and date title for that's awesome. for Thursday. For for Thursday, 17.5 million. It's the best opening day for any of the titles they've released this Even year. Even Suicide Squad. And for Denis Villeneuve, it's what it says. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Oh. That's what I'd like to hear. <laughs> um, what what else can we? What else great things can we say about this movie? I what about what do you think man. of? Um, oh, I mean the suit designs. You did, yeah. I love all the. I don't. You have to. I don't know the costume designer's name, either. but they killed it. Yeah, man. I'll look it up because you you deserve all the praise. Uh, For real, but um. The uh, the Harkonnens, I think, are mm. even like I think I don't know if it was Duncan or jo- um, Gil. What's uh, I'm gonna say his name right? Gurney, Gurney, uh, Josh Brolin's character. But even they, uh, even they were like they're savages, like they're they're beast. They're not human. They just they just kill, kill. And when they like the slow, it, it's very. It comes back to like the Star Wars, like just to feel the world building. But that. Slow like descent they have like the with the white suits when they come oh, yeah, down the, I, and it's quiet. I love that it's quiet. Oh, I can't yeah. remember what they're called. Um, yeah, the, the, the emperor's professional. Group. Well, they're called yeah, Harkonnens. That, that's not the. But they're not called Harkonnens. No, that's not the Hark. Yeah, that's not the Harkonnens. It that's, that's a different group. Yeah. Um, the Harkonnens are the ones that are in all black and like they're yeah. bald and stuff. The other group is the ones, the one that were floating or sent by the emperor. Yeah, that's like his yeah. team or something. Yeah, oh. I think Batista actually did well with showing how like just savage that group is. Yeah, like Batista's he, just a good actor now, he dude. Is, like, how man. crazy is that? It can't be. I still hate him on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just like the rage he showed when he's yelling at his uncle, the Baron, like, "How can the emperor do this? It's ours!" Like, you know, he's like emotionally in it. And then, he like, is. he's chopping heads off and, like, just letting out his rage. Like, and it goes to what uh, Duncan was saying. Not Duncan. Whatever. Gurney. Gurney was saying, like, these people are, like, animals, savages, yeah. whatever. Like, you don't want to be with these people. And this is what's coming. And, like, yeah. they're trying to explain right. that to Paul the whole time yeah. from the beginning of the movie. Like, this is not where we want to go, dude. But I, I love their, uh, when they when they descent into a space, but there's no sound. There's no ropes. There's no... 
like a last minute little exhaust on their jetpack, you know, slowing them down towards you. And like they just slowly just land softly. Here they come. Here they come. It's kind of terrifying, honestly. Oh, yeah. You hear it like because in that one scene where they're like they're on the steps and they're marching down towards the Harkonnen and then like that descent behind, behind them. Yeah. One of the dudes yells out like whatever the like I, I can't think what the damn assassins are or the pros. But then that's whenever they split their military back. And it's like, damn, that was like just a perfect way that they came in. Mm. Did y'all um, did y'all expect I did not expect like. Someone to like lower the shields and Harkonnen just come down and just start killing yeah. all the House of Atreides and all of his warriors. Did y'all expect that at all? I mean, no, I mean, I didn't expect it, but it, it's still awesome. Like, I mean, it's, it's really good. Like this, the moment with the doctor, you know, whenever we find out that he was the traitor, I mean, it's, yeah. it, I don't know. It's all really good stuff. And it, it lends even more to the sense of like the show, how brutal the Harkonnens really are because whenever yeah. he's finally talking to a Skarsgård's character, I'm blanking on the leader uh, of the Harkonnens. Vladimir the Baron. Vla- uh, Baron Vladimir the Baron. Yeah, they call him the Baron. Yeah. That's he, uh, when he's talking to him and the Baron's like, I told you that you could join your wife, so join her. And then he just slits yes. his throat and it's like, oh. and like before then, he's even like, he's just eating so obnoxiously yeah. and like disgusting. He's just. It just disgusting, brutal, just doesn't fucking care. Just and even then, you know, like even more is coming now because at the very end, he tells uh, Batista or is it Batista or is it David Del Smotchen's character? But he, he like sits there and tells him, uh, uh, you know, he's like, what should we do about the Freemans? And he says, kill them all. And it's like, oh, shit, you know, but. Okay, so the dudes in white are called the Sardakar. How would you say S A R D A Sardakar. Sardakar. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I'd have to hear him say it again in the movie. But uh, even the the shield, like when um, wow, I'm blanking on all the names. A lot of names, but the movie also does a good job at um helping memorize them. Oh, the Duke, which called him Duke Duke Leto. Whenever oh, yeah. um, he's going to investigate and, you know, he puts a shield up and that little pin needle is like shot oh, in his yeah. back and he can't get it, but it's slowly infiltrating his shield and it gets him. The slow, bl- oh. the slow blade penetrates the shield. Yeah. It's, it, I did not expect the doctor to do that, but the going back to that scene where you talked about where the doctor's like, hey, okay, look, I'm sorry. I was trying to save my wife. Here is a, uh, basically like a, Poisoned tooth that if you bite down on at the right moment, gives it gives a chance for revenge. Give too. you a chance for revenge and kill everybody in there. That scene, uh, I I didn't expect the Baron to die. That's so quick, but also he didn't die. Right. Uh, <laughs> but when you when the the rest of the dudes walk in there, like the uh, and he's on the fucking ceiling. Yes, and um, wheezing. Dude. Like, uh, polka dot man's yeah. on. He's called polka dot man. He's on the <laughs> ground. He's like his eyes are just completely black. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I didn't I didn't expect the Duke to die. Did y'all expect that? I mean, I didn't expect as many people to die. Honestly, that did die. You know, because it felt like holy shit. This is like, this is all out. Because you know, normally in movies nowadays, it's like, oh, you got big name actors. It's here's your plot armor because we got to have these yeah. guys to sell the next one. But it's like, <laughs> it, they kill Oscar Isaac. They killed Jason Momoa. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are we doing here? You know, Josh Brolin is 
either dead or he's been being held captive probably the latter but it's like it they just went all out and it's it's kind of satisfying because then it makes the movie unpredictable in a sense if you haven't read the book yeah yeah it it reminds me of that family guy thing where i think it's making fun of star wars (laughs) and it's doing the star wars parodies and peter griffin's like Mm. oh no i don't think that two of the three main characters are going to die in the first movie (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah it keeps that unexpectedness in this one of like yeah anybody's fair game in the story and I think that's what makes it more real. It doesn't feel like some kind of like cheesy like movie kind of plot where everybody's happy at the end. It's mm-hmm. like more of a like, you know, if this was real life and this was a real story, this is what really would happen. And I think that's what right. draws out the, more of the art in it. But um, it to me it makes me like with what we're talking about, go back to those visions. Because um, y'all were saying earlier, there's that one dude that said he would train him, but he kills him. And yeah. then Jason Momoa's like visions that he's seeing. Uh, the head witch lady, before she, after she puts his hand in the box, she asks Paul, like, what visions do you have? And tell me about them. Yeah. And then she asks, do they always come That's true? That's true. And he yeah. says... Sometimes. I think he said, like, some, sometimes. Yeah. He says sometimes. So, Not exactly, I think he says. Yeah. So I think it shows that they're, like, more premonitions, hmm. and there's mm-hmm. stuff that he can alter, but then they also make a comment that the Messiah dude would be able to... I don't remember what they said, I think but they something, said something about like space and time is what bringing, she bringing like the future and the present together or something. Yes. Or maybe like manipulate it. Maybe but they, I need to rewatch. There's going to be some kind of like time manipulation in this. I think uh, not like that, <laughs> but I think that's the only, that's the only thing I felt like after rewatching it, that would satisfy me with the explanation of why he's having a vision of the dude saying he's going to train him, but kill him later. Mm. And then maybe right. him getting killed by um, the chick he's been chasing this whole time and crushing over. Yeah. So Bro, I don't big crush. Yeah. He's crushing. He's hard. obsessed, man. Crush like, reading the books about though. them all before they're even going there. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but just, I mean, just again, it goes to great storytelling. Like he took this book, he turned it into a movie. And to me, that's very hard to do because they're two different mediums. So they require mm-hmm. two different ways of, like telling the story. But with this, it's just, it just sucks you in so hard and deep that, like I said, it's been a while since I've wanted to like research the history of something. Yeah. And now I'm wanting to read the book without seeing the rest of the movie. Like, what do you cut out? What do you keep in? What do you oh, add yeah. to make something a little better, yeah, but not diminish like the work that was, you know, established by Frank Herbert? Yeah, because Peter Jackson gets shit all the time for not having, I think, Palm Bobbidi from the first Lord of the Rings book. It was an interesting character. He had some cool plot points in his backstory. But, you know, you only have so much time that you have to do a movie because they yeah. tell you you got two hours. Boom. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? So, um, like, just the pressure and, like, the execution you have to perform to, like, bring people in and keep true to the story is just insane. And just Denise, or whatever y'all say his name is, like... Is a Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Denis. He's franchise. Denis so Villeneuve, French, French Canadian. French Canadian. Okay. So, yeah, just the dude did it awesome. And I got we- huge respect for it. It's weird because, like, uh, like Lord of the Rings, like, Tolkien's kids don't like the movies. Well, I don't like The Hobbit. And, like, well, Peter Jackson did a lot of. Well, they, don't, they don't like Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. They think it, like, is not, like, like, respectable to his work. And, like, C.S. Lewis' kids don't like the, the Narnia stuff. Like, it's. There's always like oh, the kids yeah. like have issues with, like their parents work. Well, on Narnia screen. did jack up a lot of stuff and Disneyfy it. <laughs> I guess, but how do you not like think Lord of the Rings is one of the? It's talked about to this day, and the the VFX are like better than like some of today's VFX. It's just so groundbreaking in all in all aspects, and I it's, think it's what introduced the fantasy world. I think to the modern public. I think maybe reintroduced because sword and sandals and like westerns were the thing back in the day, and now it's yeah. 
you know, we said it before, but like the MCU is the new Western. Like it's pop or MCU, I'm sorry, comic book movies, the new, yeah. the new Westerns. But sci-fi, you know, spices and sand and spaceships. Like we just got done with all the Star Wars stuff and how, no, matter, no matter how you feel about it, most people are kind of like, I'm tired of it. I, and do you think that's true? I'm tired of shit of Star Wars, but it's because Disney ruined a lot of it. But I still love the original. Like, how often do we see like big sci-fi spaceships movies? Well, Star Trek, I remember being pretty big whenever J.J. Abrams took it over. True. Um, but there's like, I don't know. There's not like sci-fi like this that's been out in a while, other than the Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah. That it's just, I don't know, just not something big that's been thrown out there from scratch. Yeah. Again, that goes like. To- like you're doing a sequel trilogy, you're building on the back of the you know New Hope, Revenge of the, like the prequels and the originals <laughs> with no plan, with no plan. <laughs> Whereas this is, I'm from scratch, and we're gonna just build from the ground up. And <sighs> Daddy, Daddy Denis don't play. You know what I'm saying? He building. What are you looking at, Colin? I thought it froze again on him. Oh, uh, no, he's just... <laughs> he's just talks. posing for you. <laughs> um, Stop. Uh, what? Is there anything else that you want to like, add? Or I'm trying I to think of what else that I thought of that I wanted to talk about, but... I was I kind of felt it going in like through the movie because I kept checking my watch at different parts. Mm-hmm. While well, I was checking, I was, going to my wife water breaking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I was like... I, I had a feeling it... I, I was excited to see what happens when he meets the natives. Because yes. you see his fascination with them. He's reading books about him. He's listening to lectures about him. And then he's having these visions. So it's like, that's what I wanted to see. And I was most excited to get to. And also, like, I remember from the 80s one with the dude riding the sandworm. Hmm. And so, like, when that one chick, the whatever, she works for the emperor, but she's like the dual citizen or whatever. Yes, yes. Um, when she's getting her hooks ready, I was like, oh, here it comes. And then she gets assassinated. I'm like, oh, Damn it. Yeah. But you see that dude riding the sandworm at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, he did a perfect way of like getting Jeez. the excitement of where you want the story to go, getting to see a glimpse of what can happen. And like that sandworm scene where it comes up out of the ground and looks at him. Oh, I, sh- man. I showed that to my kids last night. And my daughter was like, she now she's fascinated about space again and sandworms. Uh, she's like, there's sandworms in any other movies. I said, well, there's Beetlejuice, but I'm not ready for you to watch Beetlejuice yet. <laughs> um, but just like, just that excitement. And like, I think he did that well with the marketing too. And that I did the sandworm because yeah. that was a big part of the old movie and a part of whatever their mythology is and the spice and stuff. So I remember that one preview on Facebook where the sandworm comes out yeah. and I was like, yeah, this is something I'm going to have to see. I think I tagged you and Xavier in it. Yeah, and uh, just seeing like that, I, remember, I felt that excitement in the movie of like, I can't wait for this to happen. I can't wait for that to like unfold in the story. But then at the end, like he gets, approved to the natives like you're one of us now and then that's kind of like the last you see of him with that group so now it's like and then he has that one vision where he's like um freaking out and his mom's trying to tell him to calm down after they escape and he's like i'm seeing my father's flag there's going to be a galactic war or whatever going on and he's like he's seeing it all coming and unfolding of what could happen and it's like shit like that's where it stops now of like where it's about to go so yeah um I'm curious, what do you think is going to happen in the next one? How are they going to pick up? Because he did so well with the pace of this story. There's so much potential of like, what ifs going on? Like, how do you pick up the next part of the story? Well, I do want to commend the ending because 
people are hot. So, I don't want to say everybody. I'll just say what I what I, I think he did freeze, man. No, he's talking to somebody. He's just oh. not paying attention. <laughs> That's Colin. Colin's safe. <laughs> he's holding the pose as long as he can. Dude, he's posing with his chin out, looking like a freaking stud. He's like, Mom, stop. Make me pizza rolls, Mom, please. Um, but like the the ending is is so good at it's very satisfying. Um, it doesn't. It's not like a desolation of smog. And like the, I thought, I've immediately thought of like the ending of like the Hobbits, where it's so, it has to set up the next one. It has to like blue ball you, and it has to just make you want more. But those were like very frustrated endings. Whereas this one is, it's satisfying because it really feels like the part one ending. Whereas it doesn't feel like we're just stuck in the middle of a story. Yeah, it feels like it tied up some loose ends. It tied up plenty of loose ends. Yeah. And left plenty of open doors to where, like he's starting a new. It almost feels like he's starting a new journey, which he is starting a new journey with the Fremen. The real story is about to start. Literally, the real story is about yeah. to start, and everything. And I, I think him finally meeting the girl, his the girl of his dreams. <laughs> girl of his but dreams. But <laughs> around Zimmer, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um. Uh. So for the next one, what are things going to happen? Um. I mean, he's definitely got a lot to learn. I think he's gonna get some blue pearls in his eyes. I th- uh, what actually happens? It's weird because you already like you know there's six books. It's like, but is Paul is Paul alive in all these six books that? Excuse me, Frank Herbert wrote. I don't know, and I definitely don't want to find out. But I mean, I anticipate a lot of main characters dying. That's again probably. Um, some sand dune worm riding. Oh, dude, that's gonna be so cool! It's it's definitely gonna have to be something where there's a lot of training and learning of, of the land and how they're gonna infiltrate back. Um, the facility maybe like I don't know if the Harkonnens are gonna go back to like, um, going out and getting spices and just abusing the the land. And uh, but that's what they wanted to do. And they're that's what they wanted to, to do. Out. So. It's definitely going to be something. I kind of think of like. I think they're going to come back more fierce and aggressive because they bombed the shit out of everything. They did. Dude. And uh, when they're leaving, I think Duncan makes the mention that all of their facilities were destroyed. And there's yeah. at least two battalions of the Sondakurin or whatever they're called. So it's like they. I think that was part of the Harkonnen's plan because they left no equipment that was workable. And then they um, came back and just like just destroyed everything. Yeah. So they're going to come back twice as fierce. I, I think. mean, so they got to bring back the Harkin have to bring resources. They have to have more people, but it's, yeah. I, th- I feel like it might be like, I don't want to call it like avatar, but like where you join the native people and you start like slowly, but surely destroying all their, you know, their ships, their resources, one by S- one sabotaging and they start, you know, just sand power, sand power. Yeah, yeah. baby. Sand <laughs> nice. power. Um, we got water power and air. Power. I mean, he's, they're definitely 100% going to, I don't know if there, you know if there's like a connection with the worm and a person, or the worm knows the they're being ridden by a too. person, but they're going to be using the worms to like eat the Harkonnens or something. Like, how much firepower or like guns or ships and ammo do the Freeman use versus like the Harkonnen, or is it more like hands-on combat battle? I would assume the Freeman probably a little bit more hands-on there i don't think they're as powerful as the harkonnens but i mean that's i think that's where the sandworms are probably going to come in right i mean that that's I mean, we, that's going to be their powerhouse a 400 meter long 
giant ass worm that could yeah. probably and swallow so the entire city if it really wanted to. We still have Barons alive, but I think his nephew's taking his place at the moment. We still have to meet probably. Emperor. Um, it's like Darth Vader and Emperor, dude, literally, versus <laughs> Luke Skywalker. But we, like I said, we still haven't seen the full like. Luke, I almost said Luke. Um, Paul is supposed to learn about his voice. You know the voice. His uh, mm. their Jedi. This version of Jedi mind trick, as you will. He still has to like really hone that in. I feel like he's going to be learning the way of the Freeman and his how his mom raised him and his abilities because he's obviously the one from that aspect. Right. I don't know. I mean, we, we, we don't forget we got that vision of him in that suit with that CGI. You know. Little visor that comes up when he's fighting everybody. Oh, where he's fighting, fighting. So yeah. we know there's gonna be that kind of fighting, but you know, with his voice, with uh, his visions, with the worms, man, I feel like he was fighting. He's probably fighting with the Freemans there, right? Yeah, like in 100%. that vision, one hundred percent. It's on there. It all looked like different sort of suits they were wearing because they were like all in gold essentially. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, like in that scene, whenever they start to attack, they all come out of the sand. Yeah. And then you see the Freemans do that early or like later on in the movie too, whenever they're ambushing them and Duncan dies. But like, it's yeah, it's God, dude, I think he's going to create like a I whole new it. sect in their religion. Cause like, mm-hmm. he's gonna have to prove he's this Messiah guy. And then like people are going to divide right, and follow yeah, him and people believe. are going to be against him in no. the native group. So it's going to be like a whole mess. Right. Um, there's going to be definitely more new characters, but that's, it's just, it's like all of that is exciting to like, hopefully see like we got a lot of plot heavy stuff in this movie, but it also was just perfect the way it was in that sense. Right. It wasn't like too overwhelming or bear down the weight of the movie, but uh, we're definitely going to see more fighting for sure. Oh, yeah. Are we going to have people from other planets coming, different species? Like, is there only really humans? Like, do we have, like, alien type people coming? I don't know, but. I, I'm interested in seeing, like, when he had the one vision the first time he was exposed to the spice and he walks up to that crawler while the sandworm's coming to get him. Yeah. He's hearing a voice itself. Yeah. And I almost tapped you because mm. it sounded like Gozer from Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a god? <laughs> um, and, uh,. Like I'm interested in seeing what that freaking is, yeah. Because I think that's more yeah. of like how he's the perfect blend of whatever his mom was trying to create by making him a boy with their religion. Mm-hmm. Then his dad's giving him all this like political and military training yeah. in the background. So it's like something big, big is going to happen in that storytelling, and I can't wait. Yeah, and for me, like I got ADD, and I can make jokes and like see random shit in movies and laugh at it, and almost tapped you during that one part, but I didn't. But, like, that, I do too. So you know. that was the only thing that distracted me in the movie from the movie itself. So the fact it was just one time versus like twenty or thirty in a regular movie, like I think that's another reason it's a great movie for me because it just sucked me in. That's me. yeah, that, that's actually a great point because I told my friend Chris that I went and saw it with. I told him the same thing because like in, there were a couple times in the movie something would happen because I'm I'm. ADHD as well so I'm like I, I really wanted to lean over and like say something to him you know like oh do you see this oh do you notice that but the entire time every time I wanted to say something I didn't because I didn't want to miss what was happening you know Absolutely. what I mean I was just so locked in to what was going on it's like I don't even want to I don't want to talk right now I just want to watch all of it it's just soak it in for the first experience oh. exactly <laughs> dude, dude. we had reclining it, seats and I was pretty much reclined all the way back and I still I'm not probably like five, ten times throughout the movie. I I realized I was sitting up in a reclined right. chair because yeah, you're, you're locked in, you, bro. And it you're was like, like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm a little <laughs> tired. And it was 
and I'm like, checking my phone. When's the, my wife pregnant? All this stuff, and I'm enjoying this for me. And I kept going, like having to go. Okay, lean back, relax. And then I just, for some reason, ten yeah. minutes later, I'm like still sitting. I'm like, dude, what is up with me? It was like, it's just. I, I noticed in. that because I had mine all the way back. I'm like laid in it, like in heaven. <laughs> and I looked over at you, and I just saw the back of your body like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, is this chair different than mine? I was like, no, dude, all I don't, I, it's just un- involuntary. I just kept. Leaning up, I was like, oh, relax, dude. Again, you're that's t- great storytelling. And then it does it, that to somebody. Whenever, like, the, the the Sam, like you said, when he was sitting at the base of the ship, just like, what are you saying to me, voice of the, yeah. the whisper of the wind or whatever. And the dude, the Sam weren't coming, and my hands were together, and I kept, my, they kept getting tighter and tighter. I was yeah. like, relax, 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 relax. That's what Denis does, and that's what makes it great. It's like, it's it's tense, you're, you're in, you believe it, it all feels real, and it's... Just, Everything's working within a movie. And, uh, French kiss. <laughs> or chef's got for French kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> oh, oh, Casey. That's not the right kiss. Uh, <sighs> Anything else y'all can think of? I mean, oh, we, we were busy talking to somebody else, Colin, but... Um, uh, yeah, it, yeah, I'll tell you in a little bit what, what that was. But um, <laughs> is there anything else you're, you're anticipating or expecting for the second film? Uh, more Denis Villeneuve goodness. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just keep giving me the wins, man. Like, keep doing your thing. Do do not set any restrictions on that man, WB. Please yeah. let him continue doing what he's doing. And oh my gosh, especially since you lost Nolan, bro. This, yeah, this they, is all you got. They they need some wins. It looks like they're on track to be pretty good. Because if we get this, and then. You consider probably like the next big WB movie to come out is the Batman, and that's a big win too. They're they're going to be on a pretty big hot streak. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't fuck it. Uh, up. I hope we. <laughs> yeah, for real, don't fuck it up. Uh, man, yeah, and I ran out of the theater during the Batman trailer. Well, I uh, paced run, but I had to go to the bathroom anyway. It was a good. It was a good excuse to not see that trailer. I was really worried about you because you just like shut out. And I was like, dude, dude what's the, wrong dude, with them? the dudes on the end of the aisle like wouldn't even move their feet. So I was like, because they were enjoying the preview of the Batman. I was like, sorry, bro, but like I hit their foot. And I was like, wait, you hadn't, you didn't watch the trailer for the Batman? No, I left the theater. Physically. He ran out like he was going to poop. His we can watch it real quick. No, I'm good too. Oh, nice. good, I got it right here, actually. I'm good, bro. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I was very, it was awesome. I was very pissed that they picked uh, freaking Twilight Boy to be Batman, dude. But no, man, you you call him Twilight Boy, you ain't seen him in enough. Stuff. It's <laughs> I don't care. Good time. Like, I was a but now, but he looks, he looks good, don't he? Twilight Room. He looks good, don't he? What's that? He, he looks good, don't he? Like he looks fantastic. To me, he still looks like freaking Twilight Boy because his haircut looks like in the preview for the Batman looks like freaking Twilight. Why? It didn't look like Bruce Wayne. Slick bag, bro. Did not look like Bruce Wayne. But then again, there's young Bruce a different Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Different Bruce Wayne, young. The Batmobile. His shit. voice, dude. The Batmobile, the voice. <laughs> Better than Christian Bale's. Oh, I'm Batman. <laughs> well, yeah, because his is like his isn't that groggy. Yeah, you know, it's it's just. It's kind of like a dry voice, and it's kind of like, ooh. Uh, okay, <laughs> his, Rob. his normal voice is like, <laughs> Rob, stop. <laughs> yeah. I sparkled in the sunlight. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man, this movie's just too good. Yeah, it I'm really so excited is. to see how I feel later on, like after a couple months, but. I know, dude, because I like I walked out and I was like, "Was that my favorite Denis yeah. movie?" And I'm like, "No, yeah. I got I gotta let it I gotta let it sit, let, let it sit, sit for a minute man. before I go talking like that." But, dude, it's I'm gonna rewatch that movie. I, I don't know how many. And times. And the thing is, like, man. you get so excited. And I had a friend text me. He's like, "Hey, 
I'm seeing Dune tomorrow. Should I be excited? And I didn't want to like, you know, overhype. No, it was uh, Ryan Kingsley. My boy Ryan. Ryan Kingsley. I said, I'm just going to say this. It might be one of my favorites of the year, if not my favorite of the year. And it's just... It, it's definitely my favorite. And I, but I, did, I didn't want to like... Uh, I don't know. It's overhype and uh, set crazy expectations. Because even he was like, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like going to... You know, he, he wasn't like going... He was kind of like me just going and going, I'm expecting to have fun or a good time. And then come out, and he goes... He texts me. I was like, dude, text me when you're done. Three hours later, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy good. I, he's like, I got to watch it again. It's like, that's how you know it's good. And like you said, Ryan, you just want to watch it again. Like the yeah. next day. Yeah. Um, immediately after. Like that's, that's what crazy dude. I got out of the theater at like midnight. Right. Yeah, we did too. Yeah. Probably the same for you. Cause you guys saw it at nine 30 as well. I got out of the theater. I'm feeling a little tired, but I looked at Chris and I was like, I'm gonna be honest, dude. If they had a showtime right now <laughs> to see it again, I would probably try to talk you into going to watch yeah, it again because I'm drink and go right back into yes, it. Yes, dude. dude. Like, oh my gosh. My wife just had to be pregnant, dude. I know. I saw it again. I was asking bring her, bro. but then I was like, that'd probably be hell for her <laughs> sitting there. Uh, yeah. She wants to see it, though. Because even when, when she asked me about movies and I speak highly of them, or even. It's like, dude. <laughs> Casey, you enjoyed something? Please, dude. <laughs> Give me a break. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah for me though like i've been talking to you like you know movies you want to show your kids yeah yeah this, this one is up there for me because like i couldn't stop yeah, explaining honestly. it to my daughter because she's into the same stuff like, there's that no, I am. is there even like, like a cuss word in this movie i don't, I don't think, think so i mean the, i think the only thing you'd have to worry about is like violence blood, type shit right. but even the violence isn't bad yeah. you just see like the blood on the blade they, they could have gone it, extreme it, with it but they didn't like yeah. you know yeah. it was very like well played and satisfying for like the violence in it without overdoing mm. it, making it like freaking gory or am, like way too right. I imagine the next one might be a little more violent. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe. Come on, Josh. Come on, Gurney. I love you. Come back, please. Dude, I just I want Jason Momoa back, bro. Revive Duncan Idaho. Let's go, boys. Hashtag what a cool name. Duncan Idaho. Come like a, back. your Idaho. space and last name is Idaho. Makes me think of like Dunkin' Donuts and potatoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes me wonder because remember, like two years ago, he posted a Jason Mo posted a video of him like leaving Warner Brothers headquarters, like like hyped up, like he had got a bunch of new roles and stuff. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. That's what I thought of because I was going, yeah. I bet this was one of those where he's like, "Yeah, bro, we're going places, Warner Brothers, yeah, I'm going to the beach yeah. <laughs> with no water." <laughs> and I mean, with Dude. or without a beard, he is just he's majestic. He's got the look. He really is. King. He could get it. He could get what it. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I have relationships <laughs> with women <laughs> and sex with men. Wow. Have you seen that clip? <laughs> no, I haven't. What? That he hasn't seen. Though. Please text me the link to that call. Dude, it's a. <laughs> okay. It's like a. It's like a. What is it? Law and Order. Yeah. Law and Order episode. That that, that did, did, what what I just said is a line in a TV show, yes. like actually. And then he goes, "Oh shit!" Yes, and then the, the yeah. dude goes, "I got news for you." That means you're that gay. That means you're gay. Real <laughs> show, real show, real move. Yeah, because like this dude is being told that he's gay, and he's like, "I'm not gay. I have sex with men." Or he's like, "I have relationships with women and sex with men." <laughs> Newsflash for you. Sounds like something. That means you're gay. It's real. It's real. It's not like SNL skit. It's real. Uh, that's where we're in the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I did better than that, right? Uh, Somehow. <laughs> I mean, I know when I, you know a movie's good when you leave. You go, I gotta buy some kind of poster or something. 
Yeah. Are you going to play the audio? No, I, was just, I just found it. And I, like, I found oh, it right here and just started laughing. Um, <clears throat> anything else you want to add? I mean, this, this is it. This is cinema. This is yeah, it. Yeah, for real, bro. Yeah. I, I hope this really does revive what movie making should be. Yeah. I really do. It's, I, it's really... It, it's going to be really hard, I think, for another movie for me to top this one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's still, you know, the couple Marvel movies and, like, Matrix and stuff. Like, I'm looking forward to those. But there, it is going to be so hard to top mm-hmm. this, man. This it movie ain't going to happen. It's, it, never say never. I mean, I, it's, I, I try and keep an open mind whenever I go into other movies. But it's like, this is, wow, like, wow. I, it, I, I couldn't imagine, honestly. But... We'll see what happens, I guess. I would say one disappointment I had at Warner Brothers was they had all the previews at the beginning and there was not a Matrix preview. Yeah. That comes out in a few months. I had a Matrix preview. Really? really? We, yeah. had, I, I told yeah, you, I had, we had a Netflix Red Notice trailer uh, yeah. for a Netflix yeah, I know that you, Screw Netflix. That's weird, dude. And then we had, I had the, a, the type of theater we were in. I guess. Yeah, I had Matrix. I had the Batman. I had Eternals, Spider-Man. Yeah, it was, Eternals, yeah. We, we had Eternals. Spider-Man. No Spider-Man. Really? No Spider-Man? Yeah, we had Spider-Man. I'm ready for that Matrix. Trying to find. This is it. This is. Uh, this could be the best thing. This could cinema. No, this. Would, I'm sure somebody's already said this to get on like the front of like Dune's like trailer reactions, but you know, Star Wars for this generation. But it's so true. Right. Like it's yeah, so. It really it's is. So true. Though. Star Wars for this generation, even though it was like. Well, that, that's what I mean, man. Like they came out with the movie in the 80s, yeah. so it still keeps reviving. <laughs> It has the staying power, I think, of Star Wars, like in the excitement of the sci-fi and all that stuff. But it fe- it feels so much like Lord of the Rings. It's crazy because it, it just it has that epicness and scale to it. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's so God, just that dude. serious tone because Star Wars, in some ways, like Episode Four, is kind of corny. And like, right, yeah, it can get a little campy. Five, but yeah. like this just seems like. I, I, I just said it earlier. Like, if it was really happening and real, this is what would happen mm. in it. Like, down to the right. smallest details of, like, ships and armor and... People will the die. People. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you never know when, either. Just boom. Oh, the gadgets. Like, the way the gadgets look. The sound design. All of this. Dude, his... Oh, what's his face? The Baron's spine uh, freaked me the uh, fuck out every time. Like, it'd just go... And you'd see it like start to glow, and he'd like sit up. And up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah bro. To me, it showed like uh, what's it called? Imagery of like him just being gluttonous and power hungry. Oh, it's like yeah. he's eating and yeah, snacking, man. and he's just like obese. He doesn't even. He doesn't have to walk, dude. He doesn't have to walk. He floats everywhere. Like the way he just rose up, and then it's like that shows like how he's like power trip, dude. I wonder too. if like because oh, he gave like the range to the nephew, right? I wonder if the nephew kind of like gets power hungry and like doesn't want to give it back i wonder if the baron would be like kill his nephew he would want her to like kill dave batiste's character probably dude just to i mean prove that pro- he's the one probably or dave batiste will kill him to keep it you know what i mean like it's, it's a random who knows what could happen um so emperor we don't know who the emperor is yeah i want to, i don't even know how like powerful this person is but i imagine it's like you know they rule a big part of the galaxy here in this dune world yeah and he's he's that powerful because they're even talking about it whenever that emissary comes. How much did this cost them? Yeah, he's like it's a lot of freaking money basically. Yeah. But like, apparently the emperor didn't care. He didn't care that he spent that money to send that emissary with that group of people. 
And then he's mm. just basically trying to wipe out one of the houses yeah. and let another one take and, over. And it, and it, it's like, damn. Like, why, though? Like, what, why is why is House Atreides, why does it have to go down? Yeah. I know they, they say a couple times they have, like, the best soldiers mm. and they're stuff. Like, powerful. maybe they're the most powerful. So, yeah, but... Potential threat. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead and get out of the way. Yep. Because right. uh, you say, hey, we want you to control and work on uh, Arrakis um, to help facilitate and manage uh, what the Harkin have done. Or, you know, just to facilitate the management yeah. of it. Meanwhile, it's really just making them a vulnerable spot to then just destroy them, go ahead, get them out of the way. The way they can, for sure, I guarantee you they're going to continue ruling the, the galaxy. Because they cause right. he even said uh, when they're in the graveyard on a tree, I can't remember the actual planet's name, but uh, their home world with the water and stuff, whenever they're talking in the graveyards, um, Paul's dad says, the other houses look up to us. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you crush them, then the other ones won't be as like, you know, possible rebellion if something really bad's going on. Because you can tell the Emperor's just an asshole just from everything yeah. that happened. Right. Good men aren't, good men don't seek to lead. They are called to it. Yep. It's probably one of my yes. favorite lines in the movie. Um, it, it, one of my favorite lines is even like right after that, whenever he's like, and if you don't answer that call, then you'll be the only thing I ever needed you to be my son yeah. and it's like oh my god so this sweet. is just like <laughs> it's like oh my god dude like this is it ah, so what makes, um, makes you sad he died in the movie it does i was so upset yeah. i was like as soon as it like hit and like it was the needle was like right in the middle yeah. of his back where he couldn't grab at it i was like no man i love that scene that you called back to because like trying to motivate my son into sports while he's trying to play baseball or mm -hmm. talking to my kids about their grades and trying to help my daughter with math mm -hmm. it's like I don't want to overpressure them to where they feel like right. I'm going to look at them as a failure if mm. they don't succeed. Like I just want them to be themselves right. and be yeah. happy. And you're grow. not. You're not your school. You're not your job. Yeah. You're not your sport. You're my son. You're my kid. You're it my was like yeah, and just like that scene right there that hit me in the heart. I was like, Damn, yeah, this man, is so good. It really is. It's a great line. Um, but going back to the emperor, who assuming the emperor is just like a human person, not like a big fat floaty piece of. Um, who do y'all who do y'all see being the big big baddie at the top? Who do you who would you cast or who do you have in mind that could be like enforcing and terrifying and uh, be a good adversary against like you know the rest of these actors? I uh, as soon as I walked out of the theater, I told Chris and I told you last night. I forgot. I I'd like to see Villeneuve, you know, bring back one of his boys from before. I'd like to see Benicio del Toro, dude. I think. Del Toro is such a powerhouse and opposing force. Scary dude. Yeah. I, I think yeah. he would kill it as an emperor. That'd be such a cool casting. Mm. I would want to know more about the emperor's character itself. Yeah. Right now we just know that he's True. protecting himself and he's willing to right. wipe out an entire house and be an asshole about it. Yeah. But like, mm. I just, there, there's so much in the story. The spice is needed for intergalactic travel. Yeah, it's needed by the and to prolong your life because they're yeah it also prolongs your prolong life. their life. So it's like, what did it do to him? Is he even human anymore, mm. or is he some kind of new like True. addict thing? Are his eyes blue? He's just <laughs> Eddie Redmayne from Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the the issue with the Benicio del Toro is not that like it's just I can't help it. When you when I think of it and I try to picture it, all I see is the collector. <laughs> really? I don't know why. It's like I always forget he's the. Collector, I wish I could. Honestly, he did well with it for what it was. But when I think of him in Sicario, oh, oh, yeah. I think of him in Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. If it's just a person, 
Tom Holland, Shut probably. <laughs> you know, if, if Josh Brolin wasn't Gurney, I would say maybe Josh Brolin. Right. Kevin Spacey? I mean, he's kind of scary nowadays. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. I wouldn't want to be alone with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> hey. Nah. I don't know, man. Like, is he old? Is he kind of young? It's like you said, is he really human? Yeah. I'd love to see him bring... it. It's me just being a fanboy because he's my favorite actor, but I'd love to see him bring Jake Gyllenhaal into it, dude. But I don't, I don't know if that's like too young. You know what Prince I mean? Prince of Persia, man. Sands of time, baby. Stop. <laughs> it's just like being in the desert. Stop. <laughs> it's like, like old times. It feels yeah. terrible. Except for Disney's not ruining it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. What do you think of Emperor? I don't know. I really I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I'm kind of interested in seeing the the witch group and all their real role. They definitely got to make a come or like a. They definitely got to be involved. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't call it a uh, comeback. What's his name? Leto makes the comment like when he says, "I'm asking you as mm. not as the mother," but he's like, "I know y'all always operate in the shadows, mm. and like y'all got mm. something going on." And like to me, their agenda seems to be to like breed the Messiah that they need. Then what are they going to do to the Emperor? Are they going to turn on him or just be advisors? Maybe this isn't even the Emperor. Maybe it's them. That could be true. You know what I mean? Because it, even then, uh, the Doctor at the beginning of the movie before Paul meets the head of that group or whatever he's like talking to him uh in another language and he says you know be very careful they have their own agenda yeah you know it's like so it's kind of like they're already this sort of looming sort of force hiding in the shadows that that maybe it's maybe this isn't even the emperor maybe it's them in the emperor's ear type deal they're called the bene gesserit ben gesserit is how you say that yeah, something like yeah. that. But so Wikipedia says they are the uh, are a key social, religious, and political force in the Dune universe. Hmm. Don't read too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. I was trying to avoid, but I read enough into it to where I'm like, now I just might as well read the book. You read right. all of it? No. Oh, just like I, the halfway. I, point? I was too spoiled because I saw stuff that oh. I was reading on Wikipedia, and I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, because I, I bought the book and I was tempted to, to maybe read some of it. But I'm so glad I did not read it because now. Now visually envisioning, I can I, just so much easier to read it and already envision what you saw and just follow along and also just be able to notice the differences mm-hmm. and enjoy it. But yeah, but I also but I'm also a sucker for you know sometimes the the book is just a different experience in movies. It's a different medium. So I had a friend reach out to me after I posted that we saw it on Facebook and he asked if it was as good as the sci-fi miniseries that they did because Sci-Fi Channel did it. Right. I didn't watch it because to me sci-fi just ruins shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what it could be for a production channel or whatever, but it's actually got me interested to where I almost want to see what they did with Dune and if they did any good with it. Dude. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to uh Oh, look, here's a quote on the back of the book. Arthur C. Clarke, unique. I know nothing comparable to it except Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. there we go. Wow. Hey. Wow. It's true. That's it, bro. Yeah. Um. Anything else I got? See see it in theaters. See it in theaters. Hopefully see you it with it. SDX. Or IMAX. Sound. IMAX. Absolutely. Biggest, IMAX, loudest. Dude. Yeah. <sighs> Seeing it in an old school theater would just be like no different to me than watching it at home. But seeing it with like true sound... Big and effects was just like no. when you feel your body shaking with the be- drum beats and like the sound moving across the screen with the screen it's just Dude. a real experience go see it in theaters yeah 100% uh, well boys it's been fun I feel like we nerded out quite a bit 
I this right. I am nerd. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm excited. We can wrap this up, and I'm gonna go have a kid here later today. So oh uh, yeah, busy day for you. Podcast in the morning, baby. In the <laughs> to our kids that listen to this later on in life, um, you're welcome. There you go. Today. I pulled you out of your mom. Should I rant about Kyle as we go out? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> still piss me off. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't uh, watch Braveheart, but he'll go watch Dune. <laughs> I guess he's doing something right, at least. Can't blame him. Um, Ryan, yeah. thank you for being here, as always. Always fun. Appreciate always. it. We'll, uh, we'll be talking Attack on Titan here in a few months. Boom, baby. Oh, can't wait. Ew. Uh, Ew? Are you not a fan? No, he's he's going to troll. <clears throat> oh, okay. He okay. loves it. He's trolling. We're about to have another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin, thanks for uh, wasting your time with us. Yes, punk. Um, and Ugh. big thank you to Denis and everybody on this freaking movie, dude. Um, if you need anybody to do BTS um, photography, I'm here for you. So, uh, hey, hang on. I think you owe a shout out to Vanessa for letting you go. While oh, she's dude, literally shout out to the babe. Shout out to, yeah, <laughs> shout out to, to the mom of my children. There you go. Uh, without you, this wouldn't be possible. Children? You're having twins? No, definitely not. Right. Um, not Luke and Leia. Unless. What? Yeah, yeah, cool. Anyway, um, hope you enjoyed the movie. Thanks for listening. And thanks for me. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.